Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome to the Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are getting closer to their Monday night football game against the Ravens here at the Superdome 715 on ESPN. On today's podcast, we'll have NFL Network analyst and Hall of Famer Kurt Warner on to discuss the Saints and their quarterback play, as well as John Kostakos, who helped create the legendary Dome Patrol poster. That poster will be given away to all fans in attendance for Monday night's game. Kostakos himself will be in attendance as well for his first game in the iconic Superdome. Head coach Dennis Allen announced Thursday that wide receiver Michael Thomas was going to be put on injured reserve after a dislocated second toe did not heal as they had hoped. Thomas will now require surgery. Allen said he does not anticipate that Thomas will return this season. In three games played to start, Thomas had three receiving touchdowns, which still leads the team. Of note on the injury report, wide receiver Jarvis Landry returned to practice as a limited participant. Other limited participants were tight end Adam Troutman, defensive tackle David Onyemata, center Eric McCoy, linebacker Chase Hansen, and tackle Ryan Ramchek. Running back Mark Ingram and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore did not participate. Seen during the open portion of practice was cornerback PJ Williams, who has been elevated off injured reserve. NFL Network analyst Kurt Warner was the only person on NFL game day morning to pick the Saints to beat the Raiders this past weekend. So naturally, I had to call him for his input on our team. You can see Warner every Sunday on NFL game day morning at 8 a.m. Central on NFL Network. Here's Kurt Warner. Kurt, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I know you're busy, got a lot going on, but I appreciate it. How are you today? I'm doing really, really well. I just spent the last hour or so watching episodes of Kurt's QB Insider. And I have to tell you, it's pretty entertaining and definitely educational. So I appreciate it. But I didn't see any Saints quarterbacks on there. Uh, Well, I actually do um, what I call QB Confidential as well. So I've created my own website, but I also have my own YouTube page. And so just over a week ago, I did one on Andy Dalton. So you'll have to check that out after the the Cardinals game on, on Thursday night. All right. I definitely will do that. Speaking of the Saints and picks this past weekend, you picked them to beat the Raiders, the only one that did it. Why? Why did you have faith in us? Um, Yeah, I think it was a combination of both. And again, when you go back and and watch that video of Andy, I've I've always been a big Andy Dalton fan. Um, I think he does so many things really, really well. Um, His ability to anticipate, to see the field. um, He just, you know, a lot of good things. So when you I know they lost that game on Thursday against the Cardinals, but their offense looked really good. They looked in sync. Uh, it wasn't for a couple of those uh, new kind of fluke tip balls and, and, you know, weird situations at the end of the first half. Great chance to win that football game. Um, but I really liked what I saw offensively from them and, and thought they were in a rhythm. Their defense, although I, they probably underperformed this year, um, you know, every time I see them, I think they have the capabilities of, you know, of playing really, really well. Um, and so you couple those two things together, playing at home, and then you look at the Raiders and, um, you know, the Raiders are one of these teams that I just don't feel have found themselves. I feel like everything they do is, is very choppy and chunky right now, and they haven't hit their rhythm. So 
I looked at the rhythm of Andy Dalton in that game and thought, I think they got a great chance to uh, to, to win at home. And um, and obviously, you know, some of the things that I was seeing played out. You know, the Raiders didn't play very well and they couldn't really get into a rhythm at any point in time. And, um, you know, and the Saints did, especially early in that game, not as much late, but early in that game, they came out, you know, swinging and uh, and got a big win. What has stood out to you about Dalton's ability to move the offense, just the consistency that he's been able to provide? Uh, to me, if you know how to play the game, you know how to play the game. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people will look at Andy Dalton and, you know, they might look at some of the measurables and say, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength of a Josh Allen or he doesn't have, you know, that that playmaking ability of a, of a Patrick Mahomes, which is true. Um, but you know, the fact that that I played the game and I played the game very much like Andy Dalton, where if you know what you're looking at, you know how to get the ball out on time and you're accurate with the football, I believe you can be incredibly successful in this business. And, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, kind of pass on Andy here and there because they just always look and go, well, we can find someone more talented than he, he is. And, and yet everywhere he goes, he shows up, he finds himself playing. He plays well because he knows how to play the game. And that to me is what it's all about, especially with the fact that no Michael Thomas and no Jarvis Landry. And I think that's what a lot of people looked at and go, oh my gosh, they don't have these playmakers. They're not going to be able to be successful. Again, as a quarterback, if you're playing against teams that play zone coverage and your guys get in the right spot and you know when to throw it and where to throw it, you're going to be successful because all these guys at this level are talented. And so those are the things that, that I look at. I don't get enamored sometimes by, you know, the, the name on the back of the Jersey as much as I want to know how you're playing. And I want to know if your quarterback is going to put you in positions to win or not. And, and I believe Andy does that most of the time. And yeah, he, he might need a little bit of help because he's not going to make those special Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers type plays. But, you know, that, that's most guys. You know, most guys can play the position really well and then they need a little bit of help. Um, and he's been able to get that with, you know, Alvin and, and, and then what the defense has been doing lately. And so, you know, I really like the mix that they have right now and uh, the way things are going. And, and I'm a huge Jameis Winston fan. Uh, Jameis and I have developed a really close relationship. And I believe Jameis has a huge upside to him. Um, and so, you know, saying I like Andy is not a knock on Jameis because I think Jameis is very, very good. Um, I just think Jameis needs to continue to grow. But sometimes, you know, with teams, it's about rhythm and it's about finding, you know, your stride because this team was kind of up and down early and uh, they seem to have found their stride. And I believe that's why Coach Allen has decided to go with uh, with Andy. You mentioned a couple of players that we've had out and some injuries that have affected the offense. Someone that's emerged through that is rookie wide receiver Chris Olave. Seems like he's developed a really good connection with both quarterbacks when Winston was in and with Dalton. What is it about the way that he plays that has allowed him to be so successful so early? Well, the first thing is he seems like he's really smart. Um, so again, you talk about quarterbacks wanting to know their guy's going to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, and he seems to do that really, really well. Obviously, he's extremely talented. Uh, but maybe the thing that jumped out to me the most, uh, again, in that um, that game against the the Cardinals was his feel for the game. Is that, you know, a couple of times he was running routes and he saw what 
as a quarterback, you hope that they see, you know, a defender sitting outside of him. So he slows in a hole or Mm -hmm. realizes where the window might be for the quarterback. And so he settles in or or comes out of his route a little bit differently than he might otherwise. And sometimes those are things you can't teach. You know, sometimes guys, the best you can do is go, Hey, you just got to run to where the, you know, where we tell you to run on paper. And then it falls on me as a quarterback. When you've got a guy that's got a really good feel for the game, it allows you that freedom a little bit to to make plays that you might normally not be able to make um, because your receiver's running through a hole or he's running into a defender. And that's probably been the most impressive thing for me is is watching him kind of grow within the offense and and develop that feel for the game. And you couple that with, you know, where Andy's at right now and what he's seeing. And and it's led to a really good rapport between the two. When you played or when you watch people that do play quarterback, you see how they get comfortable with somebody. And sometimes I think people are like, well, why are you not giving the ball to, to X, Y, Z more? Why are you trying to seem you're forcing it with somebody versus somebody else? Do you rely more on the relationships that you developed with different receivers or players, the confidence you have in them, or do you really try to just go with what you're seeing on the field? Uh, I, I think you always have to go with what the defense is dictating for you to do. Um, but again, when, when you have great rapport with someone, it can allow you to lean in a certain direction as long as the defense you know, tells you that you have a chance to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of both is, you know, you have to understand, you know, what your guy's capable of. You have to understand when the dictate, the defense dictates you to have a chance uh, to go to that guy. But I, I think you're always going to be in a tough spot and it's always going to come back to bite you. If you think, oh, I just have a really good rapport with this guy, so I'll just make it work in every situation. I don't believe you can play that way. You really have to let the defense dictate and you got to trust your other guys to be able to make plays for you. But any chance you get, you know, and a great example is that, you know, I was talking to Joe Burrow the other day and I don't know if there's anybody in the league that does as good a job as Joe Burrow at at realizing when Jamar Chase is one-on-one, I'm giving him a shot. Like I'm going to throw it back like 95% of the time that they ever want to rotate the defense I'm going there. You guys saw that a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yep. I mean, but you know, some situations where it was like, man, it's still good coverage, but I just trust my guy more than, you know, the defender to make a play. And so he looks and relishes those opportunities when he gets that one-on-one. <clears throat> Another example against you guys was DeAndre Hopkins came back and Kyler Murray and that offense looked completely different because when DeAndre Hopkins is one-on-one and in this situation, I'm going to go to him almost regardless of what the route is. And so there is a little bit of that relationship that plays into how you play the game as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you just can't let it get away from itself to go. It doesn't matter who's over there. I just going to throw it anyways. It's finding those right matchups. But once you find them, you can definitely try to exploit them. Hopefully in our upcoming matchup, Monday night football against the Ravens, they don't have a lot of receiving options at the moment, especially with Rashad Bateman being out, possibly tight ends as well. Although saying that Lamar Jackson is enough of a threat in himself. How do you prepare for a quarterback like him? Well, I mean, I think, you know, any defensive coordinator will tell you the first thing you do is you have to take away his greatest strength. And, you know, not that Lamar can't beat you both with his legs and his arm, but 
if I'm taking something away, I'm taking away his legs. I'm, I'm trying to stop him from running and trying to force them to beat me through the air. Mm-hmm. Whether that's just because Lamar's still growing in that area. And, you know, although we've seen him play great, we've seen some inconsistencies there. You mentioned it, some of the issues that they have with his playmakers on the other end, that maybe you feel like, hey, you get an advantage with your guys against them, or even, you know, the lack of continuity because he's playing with different guys could lead to a little bit of success. The hardest thing is when you allow him to run the ball and now it opens up everything else for them and it keeps you off balance. So to me, if if you're playing against Lamar, the thing you got to do is you got to figure out the right plan. And again, that's not easy either, just to figure out the right plan and stop the run because he's so good and they're so good. But that's what you have to do is you have to force him to beat you through the air. And if he does, which I know he can, you tip your hat and you go, He's just one of those guys, mm-hmm. um, but, but you have to try to pick your poison. Um, and, and I think with most teams, and that's the funny thing is with most teams, you're going to try to force them to throw you, throw at you to beat you because, you know, you feel like there's more options, you know, getting a sack here or, or a tip ball or, or an errant pass. And we can turn the football over as opposed to somebody just that can run, you know, downhill between the tackles and it's just harder to stop. I mean, I think a lot of teams have a lot of trouble with mobile quarterbacks. It's something that seems like it's been an issue for the Saints already this season. Last year, Jalen Hurts definitely proved a problem. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Jackson. It is a Monday night football matchup. And I was doing some research here. You have the record for the highest average passing yards per game on Monday night football. What is it about, you know, Monday night football? the national stage, do you think players get up for it a little bit more? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, we all know as players when we're playing a game that everybody's watching and usually in those matchups too, it's a quality matchup. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that get you excited as a player. You know, you, you like it when the whole league gets to watch you and you get a chance to shine, you know, on the biggest stage. And you usually have to get a little more up because, you know, you're not just playing somebody that, you know, that hasn't been successful. Um, you know, they, they line up those games with teams mm-hmm. that they expect to be at the top of the league, that they expect to be very, very competitive. And so, you know, you're going to get one of those matchups. And so that's another thing that kind of locks you in a little bit more to those games because you want to, uh, you know, put your best foot forward in those moments and you want to beat a good team and, and you want people around the league to, to recognize how good you are as a football team. Any players, any quarterbacks this season that have surprised you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, and again, not that I wasn't, um, you know, excited about some of these guys, but I think Jalen Hurts has exceeded expectations this year and, and has shown growth. Uh, to Tonga Bailoa, I think, has played some great football and, you know, really, you know, gets better and better and, and has some things that are very unique to what he does. Um, And then I might look at the other side and I might say, you know, Derek Carr and company, you know, not just the quarterback, but Derek Carr and company. I thought they would be much better and much more consistent than they've been. Russell Wilson, uh, Mm -hmm. big fan of Russell Wilson, you know, went back and watched all his throws before, um, you know, he was traded to Denver and and just more and more impressed the more I watched him on tape. And it does, it looks like a shell of himself right now, you know, changes and whatever's going on. He doesn't look like him same, his same self. So uh, I think those are a couple on the good and the, the bad side that have really surprised me 
this year, you know, hoping that the ones can continue to, uh, to have success and the other two can somehow find a way to, to turn this around and salvage their season. I'm not going to make you pick uh, a winner for our, our matchup, but what do you think the saints need to do to be successful? Um, well, I mean, I think offensively uh, just continue to do what you're doing. I think they found a nice balance uh, of running the football and throwing the football using Taysom Hill and just mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I, I like what they're, they're doing. And uh, outside of turnovers, uh, they, they've been pretty consistent. Uh, defensively, you kind of mentioned it earlier is uh, you, you got to stop the run. You've got to find a way to force the Ravens into passing situations um, and then hope that you can get a mistake or hope that you can get some pressure. Cause that's one thing I think uh, Lamar has done this year is tried to press a little bit in certain situations, always trying to make the big play. And although he's made some, there's been a number of times that it's gone against him this year, instead of just playing within himself and allowing the game to come to him. And so if you can force them into being one dimensional and then he's back there throwing and you can kind of force him into, you know, trying to make some big plays, you have a chance to turn the football over and give a couple other opportunities to your offense. Where can we watch you or listen to you this weekend? Um, Actually, this weekend, I am just going to be on NFL Network doing NFL game day morning, uh, nine Eastern, uh, six Pacific time. Unfortunately, I'm not doing the game next Monday night as I usually do for Westwood one, because I am getting ready to travel to Germany because our crew is calling the, uh, the game in Germany between the Seahawks and the Bucks the following weekend. So mm-hmm. I will miss Monday night football. Unfortunately, uh, was looking forward to that game and always fun to go to new Orleans, but, um, I will be back there in a couple of weeks after, after the game in Germany. Well, the Germany game will be a fun experience. No doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, I played in NFL Europe, so I played a number of games in Germany. And Germany, those teams that were in Germany always had great fan bases uh, and great following. And so I expect this to be an incredible experience. Uh, you know, you're getting Tom Brady over there as well. So, you know, the fans over there will be excited about um, that as well. So, yeah, we're, we're excited about calling the game and, and having that kind of first uh, NFL national game, international game in, uh, in Germany. Definitely. Well, we'll see you in about a month or so when we're in Tampa Bay for Monday night football. Yep. I will. Uh, I will be there for that one. All right. Thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate the, the insight. All right. Thank you very much. Good luck to you guys on Monday. Thank you. Warner amassed over 32,300 passing yards in his 12-year NFL career. He is the only undrafted player to be named NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP, as well as the only undrafted quarterback to lead his team to a Super Bowl victory. As I mentioned, he does hold the record for highest average passing yards per game on Monday Night Football at 329.4. Our next guest, John Costacos, and his brother, Talk, founded Costacos Brothers Incorporated, a company that created sports-themed posters. Let's thank Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire as the Bash Brothers, Brian Bosworth in the Land of Boz, and the Dome Patrol, featuring Sam Mills, Ricky Jackson, Vaughn Johnson, and Pat Swilling. The poster was first distributed in 1988 and is no longer in production, except for this Monday. Fans attending the game will get to walk away with one. John, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to have you. Everyone is really excited about the reason why we're having you on this podcast because of these Dome Patrol posters that came out. It's been a little while, 
but yeah, are actually are going to be redistributed this weekend. Where did this idea come from? Well, my brother and I, when we were when we were making posters, this was this was shot. This is the third year we were making posters, so we were still pretty new at it. And we were we would always look at television shows and movies and think about movies that we had, you know, in the past or shows that we liked. And we would try to put something together. We would we would decide on you know, whoever the player was or group of players. And we were always thinking about ah, what can we do with this? What rhymes with that? What you know, we would take everything from, you know, the the name of the team or the name of the city and maybe the initials of the person or whatever. And so we were I don't remember what other ideas we used to have the files where we we would take all the ideas and there are a lot of stupid, you know, silly ones. Those are the, you know, the Beavis and Butthead moments that guys do. But this one came from uh, a show called the Rat Patrol. That was like a, it was a television show for a couple of seasons when we were kids. And we always thought, well, you can't really call somebody the Rat Patrol, but, you know, what do you do with this? But there was something cool about patrol was a good word for a group of guys. Mm -hmm. And I talked to Sam Mills uh, at the Pro Bowl. And um, I think that's where I first met him. And uh, and you, we knew how good their linebackers were. And everybody was talking about who had, they had the best linebacking core in football. And and so that's, you know, was putting all that together. What do we call them? And I don't remember what idea two, three and four, but I don't the dome. Dome is is a cool name. It's like a strong name. And, mm -hmm. you know, and when that team is so equated with the, the stadium, you know, so that's where it came from. So it was a ridiculous fun. It was the name itself that you coined. Yeah, I I don't. I we were talking about it recently, and I don't think they had a group name for themselves. And so this once in a while there there was something that we took a nickname that somebody had. Sure. And uh, on this one, I'm pretty sure that this came up with the it was it, it came from a conversation my brother and I we had a big long list, and as I was going down, what we did, what could we do with patrol? Aha, don't patrol. What do you think? Yeah. So you come up with the idea, you settle on a name. Where did the, I guess, the inspiration of the look of the poster and how did you implement that? Well, the Rat Patrol was, was uh, it was about, it, it took place a World War II show and these guys were in Jeeps uh, with machine guns mounted on them. It was down in, in uh, North Africa. And so it was just easy to do combat stuff because there's something about defensive players in football. Uh, they, they're, they're warriors, you know, and these guys, they, they got a warrior, warrior soul, warrior mentality. And so it was, you know, uh, easy cost and go to the army surplus store and see what, what's going to make them look tough. And then you go, wow, they have black, you know, these black, uh, fatigues and mm -hmm. they didn't have the black camo. I don't think at the time, or if they did, uh, we like we like the the black there. The hard part about shooting in, in black is you have to light it really really well. But you know we went to the army surplus store, and this thing was put together by a guy named Tom Reese, who was brand new with our company. He just graduated college, and uh, he came in for an interview, and we just liked him, and and he did a calendar for us and did such a good job, and we're like okay. Uh, we got this we got this one and he worked he worked on everything he he went and got everything he's a young guy and he came back with this he he 
he did an amazing job. Uh, and, and the Seahawks photographer, Corky Truen, flew down to shoot it. But this this thing was really a lot of credit goes to, to Corky and Tom Reese because this young guy went in and he was so determined and he his mom was helping him sew the stuff on the uh, on the you know on on the costumes and everything <laughs> you know yeah. yeah we did all our own costumes at the time so right so you go to a, a thrift shop to get the costumes you is an army surplus okay and then you get someone's mom to help sew the patches on yeah and then you get a vehicle from mr benson yeah we get some jeeps yeah yeah because he obviously being in the car business said yeah, that was up. that was the easy part yeah you know right. can get us some jeeps yeah <laughs> and then you you stage it outside of the superdome yeah how, how long did the the whole shoot take uh we worked pretty fast once once the guys are there, it's about less, it's less than an hour. And that one, I remember there was a hurricane, potential hurricane. I think it dissipated to a tropical storm, but I remember, uh, I, re I know it was windy and, you know, you, uh, the guys had to make sure that all the, all the lights and everything had extra sandbags on the mm -hmm. tripods to make sure that they held together. And it was like, Hey guys, do we do this? And the, and the players were not, we're in no worries. Let's shoot it. So it was kind of windy. It was, there were two posters that we shot that, that I remember that had something like this. One was Jim McMahon in Chicago. And the other was this one where the, you're looking at the weather and going, is it going to hold? How bad is it going to yeah. be? I hope it doesn't get bad, but we got lucky. It, yeah. it looks a lot more when you look at the, I look at the image, everything that was going on around it. Uh, it looks like, like, everything was really nice and easy, but it wasn't. <laughs> How did the players react to the idea? Uh, my, all my contact was with, you know, to, you know, putting it together was with Sam mm -hmm. Mills and he was just such a wonderful guy. He's like, just so, so kind hearted and, and just, he was a really sweet guy. He was really, you know, soft spoken. He was just really nice. He wasn't a guy that got super excited. Uh, I, I think they all liked it. We were always so worried about not being good enough that we over-prepared. Mm -hmm. And the the idea was when it comes back and we get the film back and we put it together, that it looks better than we imagined. And this one, you know, if you ask my brother, which is favorite poster, uh, his favorite poster, I would say, you know, he always talks about this one in his top two or three. Because it really couldn't have been a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, it was wildly popular. It's no longer in print. So it's definitely no. an iconic memorabilia piece if if people have it. A lot of people contact me and ask me if I have copies of the old posters. Uh -huh. and Because, you know, it's something they had from their childhood or their teenage years. And then, you know, you grow up, you move out, and then it ends up in a box or thrown away. Yeah. And even if you can retrieve it, it's got pinholes and wrinkles and a few tears in it. And I, I realized um, when, when is it Jeff Duncan? Mm -hmm. I forget his name. He's a mm -hmm. writer. When he called me to tell me that, that um, Sam's uh, costume from this poster is going in his locker in the hall of fame. Yeah. We were talking about that and he said, you know what, anybody, almost anybody who still had that poster lost it in Katrina. You know, oh, so that's even yeah. more of a bummer. Yeah. They're going to give out some, though, this week. 
at the game. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's kind of exciting. It's really exciting. And I know the fans are going to be excited to get one. That image is kind of endured, huh? Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. So you said that it's your one of your brother's favorite posters. Is it yeah. one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you look at it. I, I tend to look at the stuff and go, um, and and uh, I look at every poster and most of them have something that I wish I'd done a little different. We didn't have Photoshop at the time and we were working on a really small budget. Mm-hmm. You know, I did something for Adidas recently with Aaron Judge and having that big marketing budget and being having all these people do everything was really nice. We did everything ourselves. And so, you know, you you we didn't have Photoshop or there there were some things you could do. And the, and this one, it turned out really nicely. The photo lab uh, or the, the color separated, put that the shine on the sunglasses, a kind mm-hmm. of a dull shine. It wasn't a shine, but the reflection wasn't wasn't really good uh, on the originals. And they did a really nice uh, uh, effect on those. Sure. So so it uh, this there's nothing in this one that I wish I had done differently. There's literally not anything. I like the font. I like the the shot we got. I like the the yellow, the 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 light, the way that it just I think that though Tom and Corky did an amazing job. And I always want to give them credit for it. This what? was Tom's first road poster shoot. Uh-huh. He was 22 years old. And he wasn't, he didn't have any experience in photography. He wasn't a photographer. And he wasn't a graphic designer. Or yeah. Anything. You know, we had a really good storyboard and those guys delivered what is tom doing now he's a mortgage broker (laughs) a little different he's a dad and mortgage broker and golfer um yeah but we it was fun we did something for um russell wilson like six years ago for his charity and um and his two teenage boys um afterwards he called me goes you know what the last person the teenage boys think is cool is their dad Mm-hmm. But today they thought they thought I was pretty cool because his kids came and assisted on the shoot. Yeah, I guess you have been able to meet some pretty uh, big stars along the way. You mentioned Aaron Judge and Russell Wilson there. Who else have you worked with or what other posters might we recognize? We have um, know, we had like 100 of those guys that we did posters of. More than 100 are in the Halls of Fame now, which is really kind of fun. You know, mm-hmm. time did that. Um you know, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. I mean, we were we were doing it at the right time. It just the hole opened up, you yeah. know, and we jumped into it. And next thing we knew, we found out we were pretty good at something. And and it, we were sports fans and and, you know, and uh, we were kids. And I'm trying to think of, I mean, Wayne Gretzky, that was a fun one. And so, you know, it was really you get immersed in sports at a young age you know watching it and then it was kind of fun you get to meet all the guys that you've been watching play Mm -hmm. and then and you realize really quickly they're just people like anybody else they just happen to be really really good (laughs) at a sport and some of them are great guys and some of them are good guys and some of them aren't the best guys but (laughs) i found i liked almost all of them yeah i liked pretty much all of them you know when you're when you're at the top of your game in a sport those guys have a lot of fun together and there's a lot of positive attitude and, you know, losing in front of people, I think motivates you to get better, you mm-hmm. know, and, but you 
I think it makes guys, you know, teamwork is important. And I don't know. I, I think there's something special. It, it, it's easy to, to dismiss, you know, athletes as, you know, uh, I don't know. The, the, it's easy for some people to dismiss them as being, you know, arrogant or dumb jocks or that kind of thing. But you know what? You get to that level in your sport. You got to be pretty good at a lot of things. And I, mm-hmm. and teamwork is, I, I think there's something about that that I just liked all of them. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. I remember growing up and, you know, putting posters up on your wall and stuff was a big thing then. So it, it makes sense that you were able to, to capture the images and some of these sports icons and got a lot of popularity doing it. I think it was cool that you were able to get the group of the Dome Patrol together. And that's something that's, that's lasted. That name's lasted. Everybody recognizes who those players are and what that means. Uh, that That's the best thing to hear. You know, my brother and I, we talk about it. You know, somebody will mention the poster on the Monday night game and somebody will call us go, yeah, they just talked about your poster. Somebody will be watching a movie on TV and they'll rewind it and pause it. And there's our poster in the background of some mm-hmm. kid's room. That's fun. Yeah. You know? And especially what I've realized, a few of the things that have shot recently, because we sold the business in 1996. And uh, occasionally somebody will you know, call and want us to shoot something. And it will, it, 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 the kids that had our posters, the marketing directors, if you're a marketing director of a shoe company or a sports team, you probably were a sports fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them had our posters. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Stupid, stupid fun. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to kind of tell us a little bit more about what went into the poster and what you've been you know, doing since with all the different people that you've worked with. We're excited that it's going to be back out this weekend. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Appreciate Costacos coming on and sharing what went into the making of the Dome Patrol poster. The Saints will continue to practice today and Saturday ahead of that Monday night game. We'll have coverage of practice and the latest injury reports on NewOrleansSaints.com. Monday, we'll be back with another podcast ahead of the Ravens-Saints game. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.